Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today on a Faith and Family Friday edition. It's also Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. It's also two days before the Feast of Christ the King. That's the last Sunday in Ordinary Time. I've got several segments to this program. I'm going to talk a little bit about Black Friday shopping and how it's different. I'm going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving and how it's different this year. I'm going to talk about Christ the King and how it, well, doesn't have to be different, but it could be. And also, preparing well for Advent. Believe it or not, how do we do that as the journey which is called life changes? Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com. drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. Let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the one who is love in God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for loving us so much, for distributing gifts in accord with your will for our lives. Holy Spirit, please surprise us today on this Black Friday, so marked by gift giving and gift shopping. I I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would surprise us, surprise us with a gift, surprise us with a, a grace today, the grace that we need the most. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful for the gift of life. We're so grateful for the call that you have for us. Lord, give us that grace to live the spirit of gratitude. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, it's great to be with you on this Black Friday edition of Sound Insight. Well, it's Faith and Family Friday, and that means my wife, Carrie, is here. Hi, dear. Hey, Tom. Carrie, you're with me, and it's Black Friday. What is that all about? Uh, Let's do this quickly. This is a sacrifice. You are taking one for the team here. Actually, you're taking one for the team so that you don't have to buy one for the team, or two or three. So, Carrie, you've said something to our kids this year that... That I've never said You've never said history. before. Yes, and my kids are laughing at you. What are they? What? What is it that you're saying? <laughs> no gifts, you guys. We're cutting way back. Maybe just one or two things, and that's it. Because yeah, we're on a budget. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> See, I'm know. I'm even laughing now. I know. I can't. I'm laughing. You, you've so lacked bad. credibility, folks. Every year, it's the it's the same mantra. Carrie's like, that's it. Just one gift. Just two gifts. Just three gifts. Just. 32 gifts in the stocking and three Santa <laughs> gifts and 17 parent gifts. And then we'll do sibling gifts, right? I'm not doing any gifts. You're not? You're I not? really mean this. Yes. But by the way, I, I've got five trends for Black Friday this year. 
And okay. I want to. I, I bet you can't. I, I don't even know you can name any of them. They're actually quite interesting. Well, I, I looked them up on Bing, and Bing is now supported by ChatGPT. I don't know if you knew this. I don't know how that relates to each other. Well, they they it, it's actually improved the experience of a search engine way beyond what you're going to get on on Google. Oh wow! So when I search for something on um, Microsoft Edge. And it it gives me the results. It gives me the ChatGPT results up up top, and then I can expand them. And it it's learning more about me every time I search oh, for something. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So it it fed me a bunch of news items that were uh, associated with Black Friday because I typed in Black Friday trends 2023, and it's like, did this serve you, Tom? You know, and it gave me all these bubbled answers of things that it thought that I would want to see. It just seems like more... Is that getting scary? I don't know. I'm trying to get it off my phone, and now it's becoming more helpful. So then that means I'm going to be on it even more. Well, that's a trend we'll have to work on, because later in the program, we're going to talk about what are we going to do for Advent to express the reality that Christ is King, because Christ the King is the Sunday. Can we move? Can we just, like, move to... South Africa. I always say Swaziland. the Northwest Territory is my somewhere. is my default setting. Because I want to go somewhere there's pretty where there's much no internet. In the <laughs> no internet. Northwest Territory. It's pretty much nothing in the Northwest Territory. <sighs> all right. So, Carrie, do you want to uh, talk about Black Friday trends? Sure. This year? I'll tell you all the trends. You I've, tell me I, without I, even. Yeah. I don't you, know any. Guess these. I have no these, idea. These are really okay, interesting. Okay. I'm just going to go with the fact that everyone is in debt on their credit cards. The economy is always bad. and It's getting worse. High interest rates. You can basically find anything you need online. You don't even need to go into a mall. There it is. Okay, you just, you just got one of them. I went to Michael's to get some stuff for our locker poppers for basketball. Uh-huh. It was so sad because things in the store are probably 10 years dated. Nothing trendy, nothing cute. Really? Except for the ho- like the holiday stuff. Yeah, if you go over to stickers and paper and... They have to be closing these stores. The other thing is all the theft, and they call it... Oh, goodness. That wasn't even showed up here as one of the reasons why people are not shopping in person is the sense of, I don't want to encounter something dangerous. The violence. I know there's a there's a new stat out about violence and people being very fear, fearful, especially if you're in a bigger city. But um, most stores, it just feels that... They're not keeping up with current trends because a lot of the new shoppers buy stuff from their TikTok influences or their Instagram influences. They just go and buy it with a click of a button and it's sent to their house. So I think even more people are gearing towards that kind of shopping, not everyday shopping like toiletries. You remember trees. that they used to distinguish it Black Friday from Cyber Monday. I don't. Do you think, remember that? Yeah, now no one waits. Just, no one waits any longer. That's another trend. You just, you, if you wanted it, you bought it a month ago. If you see it, you buy it. You don't wait. So what happened was, is that people that these. <laughs> I could have written this. Well, I, you could have. I should have wrote, wrote like, the who article. Who are you? How do you come up with these things? I, I don't know. know I'm just telling you how. Like I live you're it because I go you're into, into the store and I know what's going on. I just fill it. Okay. So yeah. So the idea that Black Friday is not going to be so crowd filled because people are shopping online. Number two, why wait till Friday? So many of these retailers have pushed online opportunities to get better deals before Black Friday. Yeah, I got uh, some not 
email, but texts from uh, a couple of the places <gasps> I shop. Oh my goodness! And they said you just got another one. Last, well, I'm telling you, there. Well, so last week I was being sent twenty percent off, thirty percent off, forty percent off. Buy it now via text. Via text, See? and you just you click on the text. That is, a and you go trend. right to the site, and then you shop. Did you ever have that before, like last year, or the year before? Not, not like, not like this time. And it's only from two or three companies that I shop at, so it's not. Um, I, I get Costco and Bowdoin. Those are the two that I will buy Christmas stuff from. Yeah, so that's they're calling that part of the evolution of Black Friday is that they're you they're being more like they're linking together the experience of shopping on Black Friday with mm-hmm. technology, with alerts, like hey flash sale right. So not only are they going to text you in advance saying you can get twenty percent off on this date, when you're actually out and about get ready. You're going to get this flash sale text that says, if you want an extra 30% off or whatever. The really odd thing about this year, I've never not wanted to go shopping for my kids. And this year, I really have not bought anything yet. Usually by now, I have 30% of the gifts bought. And I've not bought one thing. No, I bought one thing for one of my kids. And I don't know if this is just in the air or if it's my age or I've done this so many years that now it just doesn't have the same allure and the same excitement. But the whole consumerism and getting things for my kids and the excitement of Christmas, it just doesn't feel the same. And I don't know why. Do you why. think that's just you or do you think that's because it's actually connected to two other trends? What I you don't just said. I really don't know. Honestly, I don't oh. know if it's just me because I haven't talked to other women about this. But at the same time, there's some things going on where I just don't care about stuff. There's other stuff going on. I don't know. What is it? All right. So uh, I'll, I'll guide you down the lane and see if you can get to the goal. People are, buy- are spending money, but not on stuff. I have actually booked a trip. Ta-da. I actually want to do more. because Experiences what, well, is what they're saying. When you get stuff, you then as a mom have to manage it and organize it and clean it and store it <laughs> and throw it out. <laughs> And so more and more, I I feel this is not how I want to spend our money, your money, your hard-earned money. <laughs> so give me, what would be a couple of experiences that you think are really popular? We already got NoahCon tickets for June. Oh, I didn't even think of that. And that's, their, that's one of the Christmas gifts for the kids. They just really wanted tickets for the concert. Yeah. And then um, ski. Ski tickets, ski stuff. passes. That's it. Yeah. And then that's it. We're out of money. That's the budget. (laughs) Well, you you booked an Airbnb, right? Well, I I booked. And then we canceled it. Well, I didn't realize we have four kids getting their wisdom teeth pulled. And I thought they need at least four days to recover. That's an experience right there. (laughs) Guys, kids, get your your wisdom teeth pulled. Um, So, yeah, just canceled it because there's some space to do that. And I think I booked it like scarcity. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, this place is going to get snatched up. And the price was awesome. But then I said, okay, maybe not. That's too quick for – and they can just go up for the day instead of for a couple of days. So so um, buying experiences using apps, people buying beforehand, uh, there's another one, and that's where they are actually looking for deals. Can okay, you think looking of for deals. Where, where they actually go shopping? I would say – um, Facebook Marketplace. Okay, but yes, and that's a good one. Etsy, but... um, 
eBay? I don't know. I don't even go to eBay. It's secondhand stores. Oh, I love... That's on the rise. That makes so much sense. So is that... Like Goodwill, Value Village, um, other place, Plato's Closet, is that what it's called? Yeah, we have a credit there because the thing is, when you start to realize that a pair of jeans can cost 80 bucks and you you can go there and get a really nice pair for 20, it's... It makes sense. Or you you can have credit on these at these stores and when they give you credit, your money is twice has twice the worth. So they'll give you twenty dollars in cash. Or if I want to leave my cash there, it's worth forty dollars. Oh really? Oh, yeah. That, so they give a it's very a, interesting business model. Yeah, so it incentivizes you to just to leave keep, keep the money in the circulation. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know yeah, so that totally makes sense. And I think as our kids are starting to shop and seeing the one thing about inflation is it really has not hit clothing. If you go to You said that to me. Yeah. It's it's actually not hit it at all. It's actually gone down even. Unless you get trendy things like Lululemon or something. But if you just go to the Costco or Target or wherever you shop, we don't shop at Target. <laughs> just have to say that. Um Things are so inexpensive, especially when they're trying the to like, is. yes, when they're trying to offload stuff, it's like five, 10 bucks for stuff that should cost 20, 30 bucks. So that still is not, I don't think clothing has been inflated. So no one should be paying a lot of money for sheets or blankets or clothes. Um, but that's not really what, you know, you need for Christmas. I mean, those are, we have a plenty of clothes. So that's probably why they're shopping uh, at the uh, consignment stores for clothing. Well, I'm, I'm trying to figure so out cheap. where our kids, I say kids, I mean our adult kids, the 24-year-old down through the 16-year-old, they get all excited to go, they they call it go to the bins. The bins, and they go to Plato's Closet. What, what is bins? Is that a store or is that just referring to I've like never, bins of clothes? Yeah, I've never been, but you buy it by the pound. What? Yeah, so they... That, just, are you serious? Yeah, you stuff as many things in a bag and then they You're weigh it. You're kidding. No, that's... I've never this, heard of that. Yeah, so everything's like a buck. If you find well, stuff where you is like... That? What, what store does that? I think it's Value Village. Really? Yeah. I've never heard that. Well, but I can't actually, imagine as a 16-year-old saying, let's go to Value Village and get a bag full of clothes. It's like a treasure hunt. The thing is, all our kids shop at consignment stores. So it is a thing. Yeah, it's like a phenomenon. So that that's another one of those trends that's happening. All right. So there is there's an object that I put on my Christmas list. It's something that I have warm memories in my past. Okay. And it's about experiences. So I just Am spend I money to, once. Spend to guess money this? once. And then if you're willing to spend that money once, Carrie, it's gonna give me lots of experiences. Do you have any idea so what it is? So a subscription of some sort to theaters. No. Darn. Um you buy it once. And it, it will it's an object that will enable you to have like a variety of experiences every time you use it. Okay. Some kind of like the VR goggles. Yeah, a metal detector. Oh. <laughs> so are I they... don't know why I don't know why I when I was younger I had this like idea in my mind I wanted a medical it's a treasure hunt a treasure hunt so that's what you do when you go to Value Village I know I know you said treasure hunt that made me think of it okay yeah so you're always asking me what do I want so do you want a metal believe it or not I looked up metal detectors (laughs) um on like YouTube like best metal 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 detector to get and this is like a popular thing it is there's like a hundred hundred channels what that just 
People will live but stream. No, Hold on. They live there's stream. There's no metal. Like, they're metal detectors. Are they looking for money? No. It must be more yeah, than yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. No, no. They're like in a parks. Phone? And, looking for a cell phone? Stuff like this. <laughs> It's like beaches whoa. and parks and, and, and it has advanced. The technology has advanced, like types of metal it'll find and, and, oh. and the kind of signals and the kind of coils and all this other stuff. I wonder and if it, it and could find gold. Kits. Could you find yeah. gold oh, yeah. with the metal? Detector? There's one that will, it'll, it'll identify gold and silver, different kinds of metal. It'll give you different kind of tones. Well, it makes sense. So, Isn't Tom, interesting? Yeah, because the technology has advanced since you were a young kid. So I started looking around, like, where can I do this? Like, if I actually got a metal detector, where would I do it? Lakes I actually, I, you know what, I like it. It's something I could do by myself, kind of like fishing. I wonder how I wonder how popular geocaching is. If that's still a big thing, or it's gotten I no, Carrie, it's I become, have no idea. Like Pokemon Go. I mean, come on. No, right. geocaching though is actually get outside and find stuff, real yeah. stuff. No, geocaching is like people plant those little boxes yeah, you have with to go little stuff in it. You get to go look for them. Well, I guess the good thing about that is there's actually something there, and, and you're actually going to find it versus I'm thinking, I don't know. I've got these visions in my head of what I could find. I actually did. <laughs> hey, hold on. I, mean, I, I can't imagine the visions. Go ahead. Do you, have, do you want to share them? I have a story. I have a story to tell. One time when I went with the metal detector with some high school buddies of mine, they said, we know a spot to go um, look for old bear cans. Oh. Do you remember this story? No. So it's in the back paths. Remember that back path? Did you say beer? Beer. Beer cans. Were they worth money? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, especially these older ones that are called cone top beer cans. So it looked like a regular beer can that you have a pull tab, but instead, instead of the tab Mm -hmm. at the top, it would go into a cone and then come to a, like a top that you'd use with a. um, I just think it's cute that you're going in the woods to look for empty beer cans versus drinking. In the ground. Versus drinking beer. I know. With my high school buddies. <laughs> so my high school buddies did. said, we know a spot where it was a drinking spot, and it has been for probably decades. That's and so funny. we went there. I had the, the metal detector. They brought me to the spot, and we found like six cone-top beer cans. And Which friends are these? Oh, they weren't like really good friends of mine. Okay. I just remember one of them, Tom Dontremont. And the reason why I remember him is that we got the cans, and we had to split them up. And the way we split them up was we put them behind the back and oh, you had goodness. to pick one, two, or three. And <laughs> he got school. the best one. He got the can in the best condition. So the two that I got were not in very good condition. Could you even get money for them? Well, yeah, they were really precious. So I put them in, in the shed and they sat there for years and then I threw them out. <laughs> so do you see how valuable it was having that coin thinking. detector, honey? It was extremely valuable. It's the hunt. It's the hunt. All it's, right. It's the hunt. Honey, we're done with the hunt. We're actually up against a break, and we'll be back in a minute with more sound insight. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. Uh, experiences on Black Friday. Um, we're we're going to go down to downtown Coeur Oh, yes. This evening. Yes. For the tree lighting, the Christmas tree lighting ceremony. And and fireworks. Uh, is it fireworks too? No, mm-hmm. you went last year. Yes. Or I know I've gone before. I kind of mix up their 4th of July and the tree lighting. Well, you went to the tree lighting and I didn't because 
this is a wound in our marriage uh-huh. where you go off to special events that are full of crowded people, and I like to be by myself. That's why I want a coin detector, <laughs> so I can just put on some headphones and just be uh, walking along the seashore and enjoying God's creation and be on the treasure hunt. It was actually a, a great event, and I just remember they sang Silent Night in another Christmas song, and they prayed, and it felt so faith-filled, and I thought this would never Happened in Seattle. It, and, was, it wasn't a holiday tree. It was a Christmas tree. Christmas tree. And, and they had Jesus. a nativity scene. And it was really fantastic. And the whole, like, they shut down the streets, I think. This is where I'm confusing Fourth of July with the, the lights. But they light over, like, a million twinkle lights. What? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, it's one of the a biggest ones. A big number. I know. No, I have that number right. It's one of the bigger ones in the country. Wow. And it's like the whole like um, Sherman Avenue and then all along the longest boardwalk on a lake is all decorated with different oh, wow. lights you can see as well. Well, Sherman, is that that's the main road down. I think that's what it uh, is. Yeah. yeah, it's the main road down. Uh, what's the name of those kind of movies that you like to watch? Oh, Hallmark. Hallmark, yes. It's one of those Hallmark. Yes, it's uh, it, <laughs> Coeur d'Alene, Hallmark, the city in a country, most like a Hallmark movie. So it was voted. And Sherman is is the beautiful road to walk down. If you're in the area and you can get down to Sherman, hey, come and visit. Stop by. I'm going to be down there from 11 until 3. Uh, I'm going to. I'm, I'd love to say hi to you. 11 until 3 at the Tomlinson Sotheby's real estate office. I'm going to be there just to welcome folks and say hello. And if you want to come in, I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. I'll pray <laughs> I'll over pray you. you. I'll cast out demons. I'll pray with you. I'll say hi. <laughs> It'd be awesome. No, it's right there on Sherman, and uh, I'll be down there. And uh, I'm just kind of hosting folks that come by and want to uh, just walk down Sherman. So I love that. And then you're going to be meeting up with me, with the kiddos, and we're going to go, uh, actually something, we're going to do something that we haven't done much recently. When was the last time we went out to eat as a family? Well, oh, as a family. We took someone out. Um, It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and the funny thing is we've been given all these gift cards from just different events, yes, like, uh, things, our volunteer service and whatever, and we just haven't used many of them. Yes, we're getting the gooeys at Dockside. So, uh, is Dockside is that the name of the restaurant? Yes, at, at the, the Coeur resort. resort. Yes, that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of sugar. It's a lot of sugar. You just just share it with five people. You'll be fine. Well, that's the idea of having an experience. So that that is a, a really big deal, having an experience. Did they rec- did they give examples of experiences that people want? I could I could open up the uh, the event again. What's it. interesting is people were paying like six, seven, eight hundred dollars to go see Taylor Swift, and then it went up to thousands of dollars. And I just when we had when we were buying live the uh, Noah Khan tickets. Within 10 minutes, it was sold out. And then the tickets started being raffled off or auctioned off or however you say it, um, 30 to 50% more than what people were paying for them like 10 minutes prior. And then the next day, they were going for $1,000. It it escalated really fast. I don't know what they're at now, but some of these experiences, if you have someone who's really famous, they go for a lot of money. And people, that definitely is a thing now, is to go and pay to go see a concert or maybe a musical or maybe a uh, Christmas-type theme event. I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm trying to f- – I've got five different tabs open of different <laughs> <laughs> Black Friday insights. And now, okay, now ChatGPT is responding to me here. 
Just stop. It's generating okay. more answers for me. Okay, okay, relax. Man, I got to shut this thing it's down. It's, it's going to take asking, over. It's, it's going to jump one, out. Do I want to know the history of Black Friday? How much people spend on Black Friday? What's happening in the news? It's 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 wanting me to ask me anything. It's saying, okay, I'm getting, I better shut this thing down. It looks like its hands are coming out of the uh, screen. Oh. Uh, but it can actually give me more creative, more balanced, or more precise conversation style. I don't know if I like this. Yeah, that's kind of scary. But it's awarded me some points for my use of it. You get rewarded. Wow, I've got an an award here. Why do I have so many points? Well, okay, I'm going to leave that alone. I went to the library uh, a couple days ago, and I came back with like 15, 20 books. And three of them are travel books. So when you talk about experience, yeah, just like Italy. And I won't say the other one because I'm kind of embarrassed. And um, like best places on your bucket list. And it was the idea of, instead of, you know, just the idea of getting in a car and traveling a few hours or maybe a plane and then seeing places that we haven't seen before. Not cities. I did not want to go to any cities. It was more like national parks. Well, I um, I still want to, on my bucket list was something I committed. I said, we should really do this or I want to do this. The do seven churches in Europe, in Rome. No, yes, we're gonna no, do no. That. it was just driving a few hours out into like a darkness <laughs> and standing under the night oh, sky. Yeah. I asked Father Lewis about that. He said, just go to Chihuahua. You know, it'd be cool as if you could find someone with an awesome telescope and they yeah. would show us what they know about the sky. Because I would look up and just see a bunch of dots and think... I know the Big Dipper and Ryan's Belt, but that's about it. Yeah, but to see is the it... actual galaxy, the Milky Way. Oh, yeah. To have um, a really... Or if you had a, a powerful telescope, you could see like some, some of the surface of the moon on a clear clear night, right? Yes. Would you have a clear... I, I want to do that because of a book I'm reading right now. Uh, I've mentioned it a little bit on Sound Insight. I mentioned it a couple of days ago on... Uh, it's called Man... Uh, not Man is Not Alone. What is it? Um it's so impactful, I don't remember. Dementia. That's all. <laughs> it is called Man is Not Alone. I'm, okay. I'm claiming that, all right? <laughs> Just go with it. It's, uh, it's by Abraham Heschel. And oh, yeah. it's about wonder versus doubt and how hmm. we live in a time that's very focused on like scientific approaches to things where you want to capture insights and capture knowledge right? yes. versus fostering a sense of wonder, which is prior to knowing anything. It's really hard to have wonder with Google when you can just look up anything or yeah. find answers to anything. Yeah. Well, and, and it's just all of that is just the use of technology. When you're using technology, you end up with that sense of uh, lacking that stance of wonder. Well, actually, rather than trying to describe it, let me just read from the book, Man is Not Alone. So uh, listen to Heschel. He, he writes just in such a singular way. Standing eye to eye with being as being, we realize that we're able to look at the world with two faculties, with reason and with wonder. Through the first, we try to explain or to adapt the world to our concepts. Through the second, we seek to adapt our minds to the world. Wonder, rather than doubt, is the root of knowledge. Doubt comes in the wake of knowledge as a state of vacillation between two contrary or contradictory views, as a state in which a belief we had embraced begins to totter. It challenges the mind's account about reality and calls for an examination and verification of that which is deposited in the mind. 
In other words, the business of doubt is one of auditing the mind's accounts about reality rather than a concern with reality itself. It deals with the concept of percept the content of perception rather than with perception itself. And so I know that that didn't blow you away. Uh, do you want to explain it? And then I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it blows me away or not. Okay. So uh, here, I'll, I'll read another section. So doubt, uh, doubt is a, an activity of the mind. First we see, next we judge and form an opinion, and thereafter we doubt. In other words, to doubt is to question that which we have accepted as possibly true a moment ago. Wonder goes beyond knowledge. We do not doubt that we doubt, but we're amazed at our ability to doubt, amazed at our ability to wonder. He who is sluggish will berate doubt. He who is blind will berate wonder. Doubt may come to an end. Wonder lasts forever. Wonder is a state of mind in which we do not look at reality through the latticework of our memorized knowledge, in which nothing is taken for granted. Each thing is a surprise. Being is unbelievable. We're amazed at seeing anything at all, amazed not only at particular values and things, but at the unexpectedness of being as such, at the fact that there is being at all. A philosophy that begins with radical doubt ends in radical despair. Philosophy begins in wonder, in a state of mind which we would like to call wondering, as distinguished from skepticism. Last, my last little section. Even before we conceptualize what we perceive, we're amazed beyond words, beyond doubts. We may doubt anything except that we are struck with amazement. When in doubt, we raise questions. When in wonder, we do not even know how to ask a question. Radical amazement has a wider scope than any other act of man. While any act of perception or cognition has its object a selected segment of reality, radical amazement refers to all of reality, not only to what we see, but also to the very act of seeing, as well as to our own selves, to the selves that see and are amazed at their ability to see. What does that mean for you or to you? So what that means is when we are forming our kids or we are living our lives, we can put a tremendous amount of emphasis or focus on pay attention to the thing in front of you. How do you analyze what's going on? How do you pick it apart? How do you manage it? How do you adapt it? How do you use it? How do you apply it? Versus the more, what he's going to call a more fundamental or foundational act of being present to the world <clears throat> that is manifesting itself in front of you. That's wonder. When you stand before all that is, all that is, including myself, standing here before all that is. So when do you do that? How do you do that? Okay, so you're asking, this is so I'm asking good. you a very personal, like, make it. If I made it personal, it's when I sit in silence. He's going to say. And then what do you wonder about? I wonder about all that is. I wonder about you. I wonder about God. I wonder about myself. And then what would the questions be? Even though you're not supposed to question. <laughs> yeah. What would your mind be thinking? So I would be, uh, it would be less about trying to probe 
and more about appreciate. Okay. To be able to allow what is showing up to have an impact on my life. So for instance, um, we, uh, how many times do I, do you see me when our kids are playing a game? I'm sitting back, just taking it in, right? I'm not passive. I'm not just watching or observing with the scientific mindset. It's, I'm just receiving. I'm just being present in love. I'm just loving being with my kids as they are enjoying each other. I think they said that wonder brings about surprise, amazement. I think of wonder and romantic love because there you're not analyzing or probing. You're really just receiving and awakened in that wonder, that romantic love. That's, I don't know. I also, I was also, now that we had Thanksgiving, (laughs) I was thinking of um, just thankful for those who are vulnerable and just the wonder of people that are willing to share real, hard, messy, uncomfortable places in their, like the things that they're struggling with. And... Are you thinking of somebody in particular? Like, uh, or just in general? I think just in general. Well, we're coming up to a break, Carrie, because I want to hear more about this. Uh, But uh, we'll be back in a minute to continue to talk about that. You can be vulnerable, dear, in a minute on Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern. I'm with my wife, Carrie, on this Faith and Family Friday edition of the program. Carrie, you're talking about wonder. Um, Like one of our kids is an introvert. And do you ever say to yourself, I wonder what's going on inside her heart? Yes. Yeah. So wonder, in a certain sense, makes room to give permission for that child to just be who she is, but then also gives her the invitation to say, when you're ready, we would welcome you coming out into the open and sharing what's going on on the inside. Now, I used all that language. It's very poetic. and um, It's a lot harder to do than just saying, uh, we just wait for her and then she's going to share. <laughs> There's a lot more that has to go on for someone to share. Yeah, I will. A lot of it for me is the language I'll use. Instead of me saying, what's going on inside there? Come on now. What do you think? Come, oh, give me an answer. Because it can, it can become very frustrating if, they're just, if there's a sort of stoic, like a lack of expression on the face and a lack of uh, actual sharing. And so I will try to come around like the, the side. I will uh, attempt to ask a question that is more indirect Yes, I do the same. Yeah, so... Well, and I I mean, that goes back to using your imagination. Um, The word word wonder 
it makes me think of hope that when there's wonder, well, and then when you, what you read, it said it goes beyond the heavens or it goes beyond this earth. I don't know the exact yeah, wording. He was a wonder doesn't end. Doesn't end. There's yeah. wonder has an exploratory uh, adventure. Aspect yeah. So when I think of adventure or beyond, it fills me with hope, not with sadness. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I'm not sure why. No, you're right. Uh, the in other writings of his and and von Balthasar, and this is this is the whole Western tradition. This isn't just a Jewish rabbi reading his book about the philosophy of religion of Judaism. This is. The Western philosophy is that you can approach things with scientific curiosity, that mindset of saying, I come up with a mental construct of of what reality is, but I'm going to have to continue to refine and improve it by doubting that I have the essence of it correct. I can always get a better model for understanding what is real versus allowing the mystery of that which is, right? Again, I'm almost speaking poetically and mystically, but that's wonder. That's that's the philosophical sense of I'm going to be silent. I'm going to be present. I'm going to gaze upon. I'm not going to be so cognitively active. Well, I think I go control. between the two of them, especially in adoration or at mass. I wonder, and then I also analyze, or I think, or I rely on the writings or the words of scripture or the writings of saints to bolster my wonder and to bring greater hope or faith. Yes, thank you. It's both, right? It, if you will, it's the mind and the heart together. Right? With our minds, we hear, we say certain prayers, we listen to readings, we hear prayers spoken, and we use our minds to ponder them, understand them, and then affirm them. Right? Yeah. How do we how do we correspond to them? At the same time, underneath it all is this event that's unfolding, and the presence of God that's there, and uh, and that's where that other dimension, that more contemplative dimension, the dimension of wonder, is also part of the experience at mass. It should be both. I can just see how, for myself, a phone and constantly looking up stuff or finding the answers to things, it doesn't. It doesn't diminish wonder necessarily because it could lead me to wonder even more as I take in information. But just having that device and not having silence would really lead to a two-dimensional or very flat way of relating to people. And I think that that is one of the main dangers of technology. For all the good that it brings, I don't really think we understand all the negative consequences. Yeah, let's call it the human formation consequences, mm. right? That uh, it's, to take away the content, all just all the content of what, what is part of using technology and just focus on the concept that technology is the vehicle through which the content comes to you. When you're coming into contact with content through technology, it is forming, it's shunting, it is diminishing our uh, human capacity to be silent as a mode of gaining insight, of being present to the world around us versus the world that is digital that yeah. comes at us through technology. So that that's a that is a human diminishment. And, and you're right. I we do not get the losses that are part of 
spending so much time on technology and becoming addicted to it, trapped by it. I, even just this week, I can see how I have spent more time like tethered to my phone. I was going to say something to you. I'm so glad that. <laughs> Finally, aren't you glad you're here? Talking the one with thing me? I really enjoyed though is um, the girls FaceTimed through your laptop, the th- the two sisters and the three sisters, and for an hour they just sat and talked and were showing each other different things. Why is making dinner or the Thanksgiving meal? It was just really sweet. Like this is a wonderful way in which. I'm sure a lot of people can use technology to FaceTime grandparents or cousins or Zoom in on different uh, family gatherings because, you know, we are far away from each other and technology has allowed us to live just about anywhere. Yes. And, but still connect. Yeah. I, and this actually goes back to John Paul II when he was saying, how do we... How do we have the internet be a world, a digital world, in which the face and light of Christ will shine forth? And when you say face, you get that sense of personal interaction. Well, I was shocked. I mean, sorry, Tom. I was just shocked at how clear their faces were when I was looking on the Zoom on your laptop. You're right. Uh, The same for me. It looked so, like, clear. Like, I don't know if it's 4K or what, but... It was pretty amazing. I don't remember it being that vivid, right? a picture. And what is lacking is that sense of, I'm going to use a word that it's hard to quantify. It's the word presence. They weren't present. They were there, but their, like literally their personal presence was not. So that idea of, you can see someone on a screen versus you're in their presence. And that that is the missing, right? Well, I think we compare it to talking to someone on a phone 20 years ago. Right. And so my comparison is not that they're here because they can't be here. It's, wow, I can see them so vividly in its life. So it really doesn't, you don't even compare them in my presence. It's more them here on a screen versus not here because they're 2,000 miles away. Yeah, it's true. It, it's true. The, the richness of the connection is greater than it's ever been. And it will only get greater when you think of the future. There'll be some kind of holographic interaction. What's, right? a, what's so interesting is just to see the wonder. I, I know wonder is really important, but when our kids interact, a lot of times they pull out phones and want to share videos or photos of themselves or things that have happened in the past. So there is a way in which it's a photo, it's a live photo album into our history because some of the kids haven't been here. And so there's so much to share about our day-to-day living that happens through the photo album. It's you know, just interesting. So you use the word uh, uh, vulnerability. Um, and then you talked about writing. I've written letters to people in the past month and as I felt prompted. And so many of them have reached back out to me, the oh, folks wow. that I wrote to. And um, several of them wrote me back handwritten notes because I didn't send them an email. I didn't type up something and print it and put it in an envelope. I hand wrote a card and sent it off. 
and the response was a handwritten note back. There is a type of vulnerability that can happen in writing that is harder to say on the phone or in person. It, there's, there's something that is more private about, I can send a private message to you and then you can read it in the safety of the distance that you're not with me when you read it. I don't know. That's really interesting. I think what's neat about writing is it's a personal, unique handwriting. So it not just is the words that you wrote, but the, the, the inscription is so personal yeah. and unique to each person, huh. which makes it very... Like when I think of different letters people have written me, I can visualize their handwriting. Um, you know, something about the vulnerability of of just appreciating that is I think as a mom... It's important that I'm able to not just be vulnerable, but be willing to share things that, not in a demeaning way, but just things that I question or I wonder about, so as to make room for conversation or to let kids know I don't always know everything, or I'm not always sure if this is the best way. Because I feel like as our kids get older, they do come back and question or doubt or say, Mom, why did you do this? Or why did you do that? And so part of me feels like if I leave room for my own self-doubt, or this is how I've done it, but it may not always be the best way, it allows for them to think about it also and then maybe find a way to do it that is better for them. Or, because I know there's <laughs> there's plenty of things they can do better than I do, <laughs> or they'll find a better way to do it. But it also doesn't make it, this is how you do it, so that... I'm the standard or I'm the know-it-all. I, I lean, I just kind of lean away from being the, the final answer to things. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it is very, being very vulnerable with kids when they sense, like if I share a weakness or this is really hard or I'm not sure about this, it does allow for them to doubt my own parenting and then that could leave room for, you know, not, not being sure of where they stand. So you actually brought something up that, it, it prompts in me um, a conversation that I want to have with you in a minute. It's a, uh, we're up against a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about talking to our kids in a way that says, I'm sorry that you saw mom and dad interact like that. Uh, I, I think I'm leaving. I have Black Friday shopping. <laughs> it's <stop. laughs> like I important. need to get going right yeah, now. You no, actually, this. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> back in a minute with more sound inside. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. I'm with my lovely wife, Carrie, who is enthusiastically sticking around. Carrie. And Alaska's here. And our dog is yeah. here as well. Speak. <laughs> oh, there she is. Speak. Oh, there that's she so is again. Cute. Okay, that's enough speaking, Alaska. She's so cute. Now she yeah. wants you to pet her. I don't know she gets the pets. <laughs> All right. So um, I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about when I went to communion on Thanksgiving. Yesterday at Mass. By the way, wasn't that beautiful at Mass, how many families we knew? Yes, it was really That was comforting. so beautiful. Just so many. I was wondering. Just Were you kidding. wondering? No. I thought it was so neat. That was so encouraging. And we stayed afterwards and didn't get a chance to say hi to lots of folks. But 
that's really beautiful. Uh, again, going to Mass on, on Thanksgiving. I talked about that uh, the day before, saying, go to Mass on Thanksgiving. Oh, good. Uh, as a way of giving thanks to God, right? For the, so How good. do you give thanks to God for all the good things he's given to you? You go to Mass because it's that, Jesus. That or you do a tr- turkey trot. You pick one or the other. <laughs> okay, so, but when I was receiving Holy Communion, I was talking to Jesus because Jesus is, is now with me. In, in communion, the risen Lord Jesus. I'm saying, and I was really asking him, Lord, why, why do I struggle to close the gap between the things that are really alive in me, the things that I really believe I'm called to, and my incapacity to follow through on them? I was principally thinking about fasting or daily mass. Daily mass. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about that mm-hmm. yesterday. I was saying there's no good reason. I had I had great rationalizations for not making it to daily mass, and um, I was and I think I mentioned in our Bible group book book club how um, I'll plan events and I don't make concerted effort to bring in faith in Christ, whether it's a half hour conversation or a half hour time of prayer or maybe five minute. Well, we do a five minute time of prayer, but just something that really puts God at the center of our getaways or an overnight, or you have Thanksgiving and everyone goes around and says what they're thankful for. But do I take time on Christmas day to really, or do we take time to really go into the heart of Christ and spend time in worship or in reflection or in prayer? I mean, I know on Christmas Day, a lot of people go to Mass, but if you go to a midnight Mass, it just feels like the rest of the day is opening gifts and eating food and enjoying each other and playing games. And it just is interesting to me that, you know, here we I claim Christ as my Lord and Savior in my all and everything, and yet I don't make that my first priority. It's what's on the menu. Did I get all the this done? Do I have an agenda? Is everything picked up and clean? Do we have the right outfits? I don't know. It's just I've been convicted of that lately. So well, back to what you're saying about going yeah. to communion and and just do you do that when when you receive communion? Do you do you have? I talk about that idea of like writing a letter. You have that. It's like a hidden, intimate chance to share. Do you when you receive communion? Do you do that? I feel like I do it the whole mass. Yeah. You're the talking whole to Jesus. It's, but, it's, uh, yeah, I, but I did tell you that the last two weeks, I've just been so distracted at Mass. It's really? just been so frustrating. Huh. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't know if it's a season or a grace, but there are times where I just feel so connected and dialed in and just caught up in His truth and His Word. And then there are other times where I'll get out of Mass and think, I don't even know if I prayed with a focused, heartfelt, um, I don't know. So it's been like that, more of a struggle lately. Well, I, I've i made more of a concerted effort to not be on my phone uh, first thing in the morning and, and go in. I'm in that book, Man is Not Alone, and, and actually taking up that stance of wonder. Um, and then uh, it, here we are, in the end of the liturgical season. So it's a great chance to be reflecting on the last things and it's approaching the liturgical new year. So I'm already gearing up for how do I want to live differently in, in Advent? Are you going to do 90, the 90 days or 90? Uh, Exodus, Exodus 90? 90. No, sorry. No, but I, I'm seriously considering 
um, doing a water fast during Advent. Oh, cool. So I'm praying about it and just saying, Lord, I, I want to enter into this well. I don't want to be caught off guard and just stumble after three hours instead of three days or 13 When does days. Advent start? It starts a week from Sunday. Oh, so this okay. Sunday is the is Christ the King in two days, and then we have the final week of the liturgical season, and then we have uh, the first Sunday of Advent coming right. up after that. And so, otherwise known as the day after our first basketball game, <laughs> just to kind of kind of make it everybody know. But I have felt a, a bit of a conviction that. We have not served our kids well in a couple of areas, and I don't want to impose those on you, but I think sometimes if you and I are sniping at each other a bit in our conversation... We do. We don't snipe. uh, We snip. Snip. We snip, (laughs) don't snipe. And it's based on a context that we know because it it happened before it showed up in, in the setting where our kids are there. It's like, I don't want our kids to get a, a, frag, a, like a weakened sense of our loving care for each other. Are you going to do like a group confession? I, <laughs> kids, I, it would we just, just want to well, let well, you know. We have our family prayer, and we talked about um, doing a better job at our family meetings on Sunday to get our faith formation in as a family because our kids are back into sports, and it, it, it feels like in a, in a way that we were in before. Because we've only got three kids at home, and they're all involved now at uh, higher level act- active sports. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. How, how did that happen? And and while we're excited about it, I don't want it to lose the the, the insights we've had about you know sports can become a, a god uh, or an idol. And so so I, I I'm not sure. It's just that I, I want to make sure that we are loving each other, respecting and honoring each other in front of them. And when we don't, that we're able to own that and just... We could do a foot washing. I will get warm water. You can wash my feet. <laughs> we could do a little... Kids, anyone else need their feet washed? Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, so- it, it is interesting that um, it's very unattractive. And it's an unattractive can be an unattractive spirit and i remember when my parents would fight and then they would as quickly as they'd fight they'd start laughing it wasn't typically it wasn't this like intense if kind of event it was more sniping at each other or little short you know cuts just and being, then yeah less not not so and kind then just not and kind generous just, towards each other and i think um i think as parents it's it would be important to say in front of our kids Sorry, we did not uphold this vow or this way of creating an atmosphere. I mean, imagine if our kids were fighting and then they said to everyone, "Hey, I'm sorry that I got upset at so and so and created an atmosphere of that." John Mark would do that. <laughs> well, and, and in a certain sense, we do uphold a kind of standard like that. Hey, don't talk to each other like that. You know, you have to be more kind and loving to each other. That that has no part in our home. But then, if we're not providing a model for that number one and number two i'm thinking of it as our kids are watching us and, and, and you know they breathe in that atmosphere and they're thinking oh that's how husbands and wives talk to each other and i don't want my kids you know going into a married life thinking that oh this is this is in the in the lane as this is an acceptable way to talk to each other and, and i'm talking as if somehow we were really harsh and hurtful to each other and i don't think we were but even 
I want a higher standard. I know that we're better than we showed up in our little sniping today. And so to be able to redeem that, to be able to say, uh, I'm sorry to you. So when you say that to me after the program. After you wash my feet. Oh, oh sorry. You wash my feet and, and then, then you say, say sorry. sorry. And then I'll say sorry. Okay, you say sorry after <laughs> me. But you're more sorry than I am because what I did was nothing compared to you. All right. Thank you all so much. God bless you. Enjoy Christ the King. And join me on Monday for more Sound Insight.